Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Welcome back to a snowy Toronto. Uh, we got a shit ton of snow last night and uh, it's not fun to walk in out there. No, a lot of snow and rain. Yeah. You know, something I like to call snrain. <laughs> I I want you to do me a favor and just never say that word ever again. Oh, it was snraining. Oh, strain. <laughs> wow. Snrain. I'm going to move on. Uh, welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. Let's, uh, let's jump into some news and notes. Uh, the Canadian woman won gold. Golden. At 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of Canada stayed up to watch this game. Because it was a hell of a game. It was the rivalry to end all rivalries. It was the Canadian woman versus the American woman. Mm-hmm. Um, tale as old as time. And it was. It did not disappoint. It ended up being 3-2. Um, Canadian woman came, came out strong. One, or, were winning 3 nothing, And then uh, the USA woman just came out in the second and third period strong. Kept and clawing back. Literally kept clawing back. Literally, in the final seconds of the game, it was the American woman trying to just shoot everything plus the kitchen sink at the at the net, and it just didn't go in. So, ended up being a win for the Canadian women. What are your thoughts on this game, Neil? They've reclaimed their gold at the Olympics mm-hmm. from the Americans. Um, I think it was, a, a you know, you just... You just said it, you know, like they, they battled against the U.S. They, it was almost like a storybook meeting in the finals for these two teams. It had to be. Had to be these two teams. It'd be, it wouldn't be the same if it was any other team, like if Sweden made it in or, you know, like if any other team made it past either Canada or the USA, you wouldn't have the matchup that everyone wanted to see. The rivalry wouldn't be as good. I mean, like anytime these two teams come together, the world stops and watches. Yeah. And you could see it in just like every, every, after every whistle that was blown, like the, the animosity. I mean, these, these women are friends off the ice. Like they're, a lot of them, uh, play for the same teams, um, club wise. And a lot of them, you know, are actual friends outside of this actual good friends. (laughs) Like there were some, uh, I don't remember who they were talking about there, but there were some players on the American team that were in the wedding party of someone on the Canadian team. And so, like these these women are friends, but like as soon as that puck drops, like there's there's that rivalry, you know, and it's real, and you can see it in yeah. the passion. Yeah. Uh, Marie Philippe Poulin, we've we've discussed her on the show before. Um, we actually named an episode after her once. Yeah. Pooling out all the stops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's been a fixture here on the Shoot Your Thought podcast. She really has. Yeah. In in terms of our topics, Captain Clutch. Um, the headline read after their big time victory. The headline read: "There's three certainties in life. There's death. There's taxes. And there's a golden goal from MPP. You know. So, you know, she's Captain Clutch for us. Yeah. You know, she is. We're gonna get to it in a second because the men didn't do really do much this this uh, Olympic season uh, from hockey. But there was know, a men's Olympic tournament this in hockey. Yeah, yeah. there was. Oh, I didn't even know. Who knew? Uh, but th- our, we have our captain clutch. She's had three game-winning goals in the Olympic women's finals. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. 
three. Yeah, and she's won four golds for Canada. <clears throat> and she's only 30, so we're going to see her again, potentially for another uh, Olympics. I or hope two. so. I hope so. You know, I hope so. she comes back and captains. I hope she pulls a Wickenheiser and just yeah. stays on as long as she can. Is she the best women's hockey player Ooh. in Team Canada history? Uh, I, she's definitely up there. She better than Wickenheiser. That's that's the the inner you... inner conflict I have right now is yeah. who do I say is better? I mean, I think Wickenheiser is more influential on and off the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I every time I think of Haley Wickenheiser, I think back to 2002 when the men and women won gold in, at the Olympics. Back when the NHLs were allowed to. Back in the day, I know it seems like a long time ago. But Haley Wickenheiser found out, I think midway or right after the game, that the American woman put the Canadian flag on the floor. And that, if you don't know, that's a sign of national disrespect, putting a, putting a flag on the floor. A flag should never be on the floor. That's apparently written in the rules of the flag somewhere, but um, it should not be on the floor. But the American women put the Canadian flag on the floor as a form of disrespect to the wow. nation of Canada. And there's a clip from Haley Wickenheiser after the game, right after they won, saying, I heard that the American woman put our flag on the ground, and now I just want to know if they want us to sign it for them. And it's the most badass quote I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Because you could hear the passion in her voice. Yeah. And the mic drop right after. Like, we just beat the shit out of you. Do you want us to sign the flag for you? When in, when in history has that ever worked? You know, it, it, like you're doing this disrespectful act, whether it's in football, you're like having a team meeting on the other team's logo at center field, or you're putting their flag on the floor. When has this tactic ever worked? When you do it publicly, it's to get under the skin of the other players. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, we saw it in, I mean, it's not really the same, but if you watch that Raptors game between the Timberwolves and the Raptors, you saw... Pat Beverly trying to get under the skin publicly of every player on that team on the Raptors. And so when you see like uh, players having their team meeting Mm -hmm. in like football, let's say on the, on the team logo in the middle, it's to get under the skin of the other players. Yeah. But thinking back to 2002, um, the American women did this in the privacy of their own locker room. So they didn't know, like this was just them being assholes. And if that didn't spark the rest of this rivalry since then, like, I don't know what did. Um, but yeah, obviously there wasn't that, that much animosity in this game. Um, there's still friends outside of this, but yeah, coming back to your question, Marie Philippe Poulain is definitely up there. Definitely up there. I don't know. I don't know if she's better than Wickenheiser. I don't know. I think we'll have to see at the end of their careers. I think match up. What each each player's done. I think Wickenheiser is the best Canadian woman to play nationally, Mm -hmm. I think. She would have been the best player on the men's team as well this year. Damn right. You put any of these women on that men's team, and they're the best players on the ice. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which brings us to our (laughs) next topic here. There is a a narrative going around the the hockey news world. especially during this Olympics, um, they're, they're basically talking about how women's hockey does not belong in the Olympics. And the reason for that is what they're saying is that 
there's no competition outside of the American and the Canadians. And to which I say, do you really think the option to combat this issue is to just scrap it in its entirety? When instead, you could provide more funding, provide more opportunities for for women in other countries, Mm -hmm. um, provide more awareness towards the sport of hockey in other countries, provide more funding towards women's sports, more women representation in sports. Yeah. We're seeing it happen a little bit in, you know, um, even commentators and TSN, like you're seeing much more representation of women in commentary, um, which is great to see, but there needs to be more. There needs to like the, the, the solution is not to scrap women's hockey from the Olympics. The solution is to provide more opportunities. Yeah. I mean, it was only brought into the Olympics in 1998. So, I mean, like there's, this is still fairly new. How many Olympics has it, has it been since then? Oh, I'm not going to math. Don't ask me to do that. (laughs) It's been six Olympics since, since then. So fair since 1998, we've had six go arounds with women's hockey in the Olympics to your point. Absolutely. There should be more funding around this. You know, we're starting to see more and more women, uh, on a grander stage become, superstars Mm -hmm. like sarah nurse right her brother that entire family Mm -hmm. is gifted in hockey you know what i mean her brother should be playing for the men's national team if nhlers were allowed yeah we'll we'll get to that in a second because i've got some thoughts on that you know so what this is doing if anything else it's inspiring other girls to want to be like mpp like marie Mm -hmm. philippe poulin it's inspiring a nation to want to be just like that Watching them win gold year after year, watching these golden goals. It's huge. It's massive. They had millions of viewers for this game. And this game started at 11 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah. Like people, my parents watched this game and they go to bed at like 9 p.m. every day. Yeah. They were up until 3 o'clock in the morning watching this game. Like this is... It's exciting to watch. It was a hell of a lot more exciting than the men's tournament, this Olympics. Are you kidding me? First of all, Russia should not be competing in the first place. What? You change Russia to athletes of Russia and it's okay all of a sudden? No, they should not be a team that's competing at all. (laughs) But that's neither here nor there. Um but yeah, any chellers, do you want do do should we should we get into this? Should we get into this topic? Because I'm I'm getting fired up already. Gary Bettman, the lovely person that is Gary Bettman, dangles in front of our faces every Olympics that the NHLers or the NHL is coming to an agreement with the IIHF and the Olympics and all that fun stuff um, and how they're working out a deal to try and send them to the Olympics. Happens every four years since they decided not to go to the Olympics. And as soon as we get to right before the tournament, right before the Olympics start, the deal breaks down. And Gary Bettman comes out and says, you know, and and, and there's always an excuse, right? Like this excuse was probably more legitimate than others in terms of the safety, in terms of COVID. Um, I read like at the at the start of the game time between uh, the Canadian women and the American women. Start of that gold medal game, there were 450 Canadian athletes in Beijing in quarantine. 
400. 400? In quarantine. Because of COVID. Like, yeah, this Olympics probably shouldn't have happened in the first place. If you have to have ice hockey players wearing KN95 masks during a game, you probably shouldn't be playing in the first place. But anyways, that's a whole other story. COVID aside, the NHLers not going to the Olympics is robbing these these high-level players, these high-profile players of their prime playing for the country that they belong to. Yeah. Connor McDavid is in his prime. He's going to have to wait four more years to potentially play. Sidney Crosby, we may never see him again at the Olympic level. How good would this, sorry to cut you off, but how good would this Team Canada be if the NHLers were allowed to go? Who would win? No one would stand a chance against the, the men's Olympic team. The problem is no one gives a flying jabroni fuck about the men's Olympic team if there aren't any Olympic team. Yeah. If there are no NHLers there. Nobody watches those no games. One, no one knows who the fuck Jack McBain is. Who the fuck is that? Nobody watches. You have Justin Pogge in net? Are you kidding me? He played for the Leafs what? Yeah. Like literally 15 years ago. NHL 02 doesn't even know how to pronounce his name properly. Because <laughs> that was the year he was irrelevant, playing for the Maple Leafs, and they called him Justin Podge. Justin Podge. Podge Podge. <laughs> Anyways, Seriously. that is the level of care that this Team Canada got from the entire nation. No one gave a fuck. And everyone was disappointed when they lost to Sweden. 2 nothing. All of these teams, all of these nations have hard fighting players that go in and grind it out and Canada was if like equal to all of these teams because there's a bunch of non-professional players playing and that's what they were you know a bunch of non-professionals of course you're gonna have fucking athletes of Russia competing for a gold medal yeah. every single year because the KHL is still allowed to go to the to the Olympics yeah you have fucking Eric Stahl the, or the ghost of Eric Stahl trying to lead this team of a bunch of nobodies into existence, and it didn't happen. Of course it didn't happen. They got shut out. How good would this team have been? This is the first time since 2006, since those Olympics, that I'm, like the U.S. or Team Canada was not even in the semifinals. First time. Crazy. And I would know because I didn't fucking watch it. I watch the highlights. I'm not watch. I'm not sitting through an entire game of a beer league hockey team. Sorry, not doing it. But you know, you mentioned something there. This could potentially be the last that we've seen of Sidney Crosby in the Olympics. He's 34 years old. Speaking of Sidney Crosby, he just hit a milestone. He scored his 500th career goal. This past week, he's earned props as an all-time great sniper. Let's just say it. He's underrated as a sniper. He's mm -hmm. been known as more of a passer. But the kid just scored his 500th career goal mm -hmm. without a whimper. No one really paid attention to it. There was a headline about it. But he now joins Alex Ovechkin as the only active players to have that milestone hit. To have that milestone, yeah. yeah. 
And Ovechkin and Crosby, they're they're always going to be compared to each other. But yeah, Ovechkin's never been a passer. He's always been the the hard hitting shot player. Um, whereas Crosby, like you were saying, is always been more of a passer. But he's still putting up numbers. He's still putting up putting up goals. I mean, his his career has kind of been defined by the concussions that he's had because he has not you know had the best sort of luck when it comes to that. But yeah, I, I hope that he's still around in four years, and I hope he's still playing at the level he is playing at now um, because I want to see him play for Team Canada one more time. You know, like, we, we all remember the golden goal moment. We all remember where we were when Crosby scored the golden goal. I would love to see him play again for an Olympic team. Yeah, I mean, he's 34. We were having this, we were shooting our shot, our thought. Our thought, yeah. Um, and also shot at guessing how many years he has left. Yeah. What's your What's your guess? How many How many more years do we see Sid the kid? Oh, he's thirty four. Sid the not so kid. You got guys playing professionally until they're fifty. Like I mean, Yarmer Yager just turned fifty years old, and he's still playing professional. Yarmer Yager is still playing professional hockey, and he's fifty years old. Fifty years old. So Sid the kid has sixteen more years to go. He's been Yager has been playing professional hockey for more than half of his life. Like three quarters of his three life. Three quarters of his life. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Insane. <laughs> he wanted to hate. He wanted to make that milestone and he made it. So all the power to him. He still looks like he's got it. Like he can play in the NHL. Yeah. Obviously, teams just don't want to take him on right now. He's sure as hell better than Jack McBain. <laughs> Where right. the fuck that is. Um, how many years do you think Crosby has? I think he'll play until he's 38. I think he has another You think he'll years. play until he's 38? <laughs> Why are you contesting this? Like, no. He's for sure going to play until he's 38. See, when you say 38, I, I originally I'm just like, oh, wait, that's way too old for an NHLer. Then I think about how old he is now, and I forget that he's 34 right now. So that's only four yeah. more years. And the reason I say that is because I think he's going to play until the next Olympics, and he's going to retire after the Olympics. You think he's going to retire? I there. think that I think the next Olympics, NHLers will be allowed to play. They'll get the green light. Crosby's going to have that be his final season. They're going to win gold, and then he's going to sail off into the sunset. See, what if this happens? Like, what if they get to those four years and it doesn't happen? It, 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 the deal breaks down, and they don't go to the Olympics. How he, pissed? He, how pissed he, are you if you're Sidney Crosby? He's going to play until he's forty-two. I guess so. It's the only way. I think he has, yeah, I think he has five more years in him. So until he's 39. Keep in mind, this is a guy with a lot of concussion history, right? Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I was alluding to earlier. And when uh, players have a lot of concussions, like look at Eric Lindros. Like he retired pretty pretty early in his career because he was so riddled with concussions. He retired the year before he signed with the Maple Leafs. Lindros? Yeah. He played a little bit for the Leafs. I know, but he was he wasn't Eric Lindros. He was You know, he was a not shadow of Eric Lindros. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, like he is an example of a player who was just like his career was defined by concussions. Yeah. And that does that takes a toll on you. Outside of the game and in the game. So I, I hope we see Crosby for another five years. Um I think that might be wishful thinking, but yeah. we'll see. All right, let's move on. Uh, the Raptors 
are back on the winning track, I guess, so to speak, after losing two games mm-hmm. um, in dramatic fashion, getting stuffed at the rim by uh, Nikola Jokic uh, and losing to Denver by one point in what was a very dramatic game. Did you watch that game mm-hmm. where Jokic missed two free throws? I did. And then came back to, to get the game-winning block. Um, but then the Raptors had a their next game against the surprising Minnesota Timberwolves this year. Mm-hmm. Led by their own big three, you know, with a, a very young and developing big three that's probably going to be scary in a couple of years. You're talking about Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell. Yep. That core is is where they need to build around and get better. And they're going to be a playoff team this year. So, um, very back and forth game where the Raptors ended up coming back in the fourth quarter to take the lead and hang on to the lead for a win. But. You wanted to discuss a matchup within that game Mm -hmm. between one Gary Trent Jr. and everyone's least favorite player, most annoying player probably in the league, Mm -hmm. Patrick Beverly. Who I saw naked in a locker room once. Do you remember that story? I do remember that story. (laughs) (laughs) It's all I think about every time. I mean... It's is the reason you want to, to talk about it so you could talk, talk about mention the story <laughs> mention oh, i saw pat beverly naked one day it's a cool fact it's it's something you know i'll it's it's a conversation topic you know what i mean yeah uh but no this this game started off with them lining up um for the tip off and gary trent jr and patrick beverly were pretty much ready to square up right away patrick beverly was upset that gary trent jr was standing over the line and he kind of, Patrick Beverly got in his face. And the one thing I loved about this was how Gary Trent Jr. didn't even flinch. Patrick Beverly gets in people's faces all the time. That's the player he is. He's the Brad Marchand of the NBA. But Gary Trent Jr. did not even flinch. He just looked him up and down and he's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And you saw Scotty Barnes like react to that and start clapping and got excited about how Gary Trent Jr. reacted to that situation. I thought that was so cool. Another thing I loved about this matchup is that as the game went on, Patrick Beverly was taking some hard fouls on Gary Trent Jr. Like I remember Gary Trent Jr. had pretty much a clear clear lane to the net. And Patrick Beverly came in and just smacked his hand as hard as he could. To the point where Gary Trent Jr. fell down, got back up, Patrick Beverly was standing there waiting for Gary Trent Jr. to like come in his face. And Gary Trent Jr. just kept on walking. Like, you ain't shit. You ain't shit. There's also a clip, before I forget, there's also a clip of Patrick Beverly trying to talk smack to Pascal Siakam. Did you see this clip? Where Pascal Siakam was, he tried to go in on Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly like stopped him. And like start shaking his head like you gotta pass it. You're not gonna make it past me. You gotta pass it. To which Spicy P just started laughing and went around him straight to the net and put it in. And then you see pa- or Pascal Siakam like walking away from the net, just laughing his ass off. Like you ain't shit. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. When has this tactic ever worked? Patrick Beverly's been doing this and getting cooked. For years. But sometimes it works. You remember when he tried doing this with LeBron James? I do. He tried doing this 
with multiple superstars in the league. LeBron's been doing this for years. He just pushes them off to the side. But it has worked sometimes with Patrick Beverly. He once got him and Kevin Durant ejected because he was getting in his face and Kevin Durant wasn't having any of it and Kevin Durant was feeding into it. Um, it got them both ejected. So that's the kind of player... Like, what What are the Timberwolves going to lose if they get Patrick Beverly ejected? Yeah. Like, he's there to It's like having a goon up. in hockey, right? Exactly. Like, that exactly. just stirs the pot and forces a star player on the other mm-hmm. team to get a 10-minute misconduct or something like that. Exactly. Speaking of Gary Trent, though, um, he is averaging an insane 29.7 points a game in the six games that Van Vliet's missed this season. Mm-hmm. And Van Vliet's been missing a lot of games. He's super brittle this year. Mm-hmm. If you have him in fantasies, you should probably drop him. I'm not so sure he's going to help you down the stretch. But that's another discussion for another day. You're trying to get under my skin right now. <laughs> you're trying so hard. I have him in our fantasy league, and you're trying to tell me to drop him. It's not going to work. Oh, man. He's like a potato chip, right? Like, he just oh continues God. to crack. You know. Anyways, 29.7 points a game for Gary Trent. Um, he scored another 30 points to help the Raptors seal the victory over Minnesota. I think, you know, we, we're, we're seeing the breakout that... You know, Portland was trying to see for years before trading him for Norman Powell. Um, He's happy playing here. Like, Gary Trent Jr. is happy being here. He loves the system. He loves the city. His dad used to play for this team. Like, there's so many things that make sense here. It's just nice to see. You know, Mm -hmm. this young guy, he's he's still 23 years old. He's younger than Malachi Flynn. Gary Trent Jr. is younger than Malachi Flynn. Take that into consideration. Also, did you see that fit? For Gary Trent Sr. on that on court side? No, I didn't. Oh my god, you gotta you gotta look this up. What was he wearing? He was like the biggest fur coat you could see. Like he was blinged out. Like he was sitting courtside. And he got to watch his son go toe to toe with Patrick Beverly all game. It was great. Um yeah. but yeah, if you haven't seen it, I, I'd say definitely go go and take a look at it. I gotta take a look at this. Yeah. Um, one thing we didn't get to talk about last episode because it literally broke fucking 30 seconds after we finished recording. We had already, I'd already started editing the episode. Um, but the James Harden for Ben Simmons trade finally happened. We discussed the potential of it happening. I said it was going to happen in the off season. You said it was going to happen that day (laughs) and it happened. And you did not have the satisfaction of calling it on, on the podcast, but, um, I was fucking right. <laughs> he was right. All right. He was right. It happened. James Harden got his wish that he unconsciously asked for, I guess. He, in the, in the, in behind secret. closed doors, in asked secret. for, in secret, asked for. Pinky swear not to tell anyone. <laughs> uh, but Ben Simmons obviously did not want to play for the Sixers. Um, they made the swap. We talked about this a little bit before of who won this trade, but who do you think won this trade? Because it wasn't just a one for one. Brooklyn won this trade. 100%. It Brooklyn won this trade. James Harden, at his age, does not... I just... I How low is Ben Simmons' value right now? As low as it can be. For Brooklyn to get Ben Simmons, Andre slow guy does really nothing <laughs> Drummond. Oh, Seth boy. Curry. I think Seth Curry is the fucking X factor in here because mm-hmm. Brooklyn needed a big... They got a big in Drummond. Brooklyn needed a shooting guard who could shoot on the wings to open up space on the floor for the big three. Seth Curry is that. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn needed 
a, a defensive-minded guard who can play multiple positions. They got that in Ben Simmons. Who cares if he scores 10 points a game? Even if he helps his team defensively and is able to distribute the ball to the t- to the guys that can score, great. Brooklyn got so much better by dealing one player away. And Brooklyn got a uh, first-round pick, didn't they? Two. Two first-round picks. Two first-round picks. My God. So Brooklyn's set up here. Philly's, I mean, they, they're getting James Harden. So I understand the deal. They weren't going to get anything out of Ben Simmons this year. Now they get James Harden. But they just made their rival in the East, who they're probably going to have to play in the playoffs, mm-hmm. they made them a lot better. So that's why I think Brooklyn has won this trade. I think they're they're better off once they're healthy. Look out. See, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the asterisk here yeah. is Brooklyn's got to be healthy. Yeah. Kevin Durant's got to stay healthy. What do they do in playoff time when Kyrie Irving um, isn't vaccinated, can only play away games? Do they just try and not get home court advantage for the playoffs? I guess that, that's what so they So that mean. he can play in these games? If I'm a Brooklyn fan... And we're in the playoffs. We're in like a game seven. Yeah, just, and it's a fucking home game. Maybe that's what they're trying to do is just try to lose as many games. So they're yeah. creeping so they in get, as the eighth seed. <laughs> and then they won't have to play. Yeah, they'll get majority away games. So that... But Could you like, imagine? Oh, my God. Like, if I'm... Yeah, if I'm a Brooklyn fan and I, I'm watching a game seven and it happens to be a home game seven and Kyrie Irving doesn't play in that game because he's a selfish prick who won't get vaccinated... I'm going to burn my Kyrie jersey. Surprised you even have one. I don't. But I'll buy one. Is it for Cleveland? Uh, then I'll burn it. Is it Cleveland? <laughs> I'll buy it and burn it. I'll buy it, wipe my ass with it, and then burn it. I just can't I can't fathom how that's going to look in the playoffs when he cannot play home games. I, ca- I can't even wrap my head around it. Well... I mean, that was a big-time deal. It shook the league when it happened, but uh, these two star players have yet to play for their respective teams yet. Mm-hmm. Drummond and South Korea play for Brooklyn, and they look good. I said these two star players. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were referring to uh, one of the best bigs in the league, and Andre Drummond. I wasn't Drummond referring to a D-league player, and, Andre Drummond. Um, the One of the best shooters. Uh, has a better three-point percentage than Steph Curry, by the way. Steph Andre Curry. Drummond is a fucking tree. That stand... He can't do He's anything. He's a double-double machine. So he just stands saying. there and just... The ball just falls on him. He got a double-double a in his first game. Second game, he flirted with a double-double. And the third game, I'm not sure what happened, but I think it was LaMarcus Aldridge's show. Um, have you ever seen Andre Drummond try to dribble the ball? No is i mean yeah it is cringe it's cringe he, he actually to tried to put a move on a defender once in the post while dribbling and lost the ball he doesn't need to dribble he's playing the paint he he needs to defend he needs to defend and get those rebounds that's all they need him for that's insane and to, to put back rebounds that's all they need him for uh, the Raptors didn't really do a whole lot at the deadline they got that young um, they shipped out Dragic um Obviously, there was some like you hear in like uh, interviews with Fred Van Vliet where he talks about you know the oh the other guy was sitting at home, so we got a pretty good deal out of this. Like Dragic has it's, he's a he's a loser, so I'm glad we got rid of him. Um, 
but yeah, I think we did we did talk about this on the last episode. We've got too. Scotty and Precious. I mean, it's the All Star break coming up mm-hmm. this weekend. We've got Scotty and Precious at Chihuahua uh, in the Rising Stars Challenge. Got Freddie in the three point competition. Are you nervous about um, any potential hangover from the All Star break? Because it no, there's a lingering question every single year. No. I mean, we already talked about how brittle Fred Van Vliet is. Oh I mean, we're, if you think he's going to have a hangover or be worn out after one game, then no, maybe the like, stardom goes to his head. I don't know. No, there's there's the question every single year. Like, players sit out of the all-star break so that they can focus. Like, that's what Kevin Durant's doing. Yeah, but he's also fucking injured. <laughs> like, he's not going to play regardless. I know, but he made the announcement before he was injured. Oh, well. He's the captain of a team. Just saying. Did you see? I showed you the um, the the draft. The draft. Yeah. The LeBron James just fucking laughing his ass off. It was the day of that trade breaking. So uh, the the James Harden trade broke mm-hmm. that day, and they had the draft that night. And it came down to uh, Rudy Gobert and James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Kevin Durant's pick. And, and he's just like, fuck, just like, like, I think I'm going to need some size I need and some, some size. interior he's defense. Trying to like, and LeBron just starts laughing his ass off. He's just like, of course, he's not going to take James Harden. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And just that the NBA on TNT panel just like is so they should. I'm so glad they televised that draft because the first year that they did it, that where they did the draft, they didn't televise it. And everyone's just like, come on, you got it. You got to put that on live TV. So they did, and we get golden moments like this. So I'm glad that they're doing that, for sure. Uh, should we move on to that thing that happened on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, Neil did beat me in our in our fantasy... In our fantasy drop... Oh, my God. Okay. It's going to be a fun one to edit for John. How long have you had this queued up here? I, I don't know what you're talking about. How long have you literally had this queued up? You've been you've been on your computer trying to figure out something, and now I know what that something is. Oh my god. What happened this weekend? You don't have to edit this show, right? Uh, Neil, Neil beat me. He won rock, paper, scissors, and ends fourth. Um, was the winner of our fantasy Super Bowl draft. Uh, the final score was 110 to 82. It wasn't just a beating. It was a slaughtering. Like, I, I won by close to 30 points, man. Like, And who led the charge for me? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, who was... the. I've never seen a wide receiver be named Super Bowl MVP, which is crazy. Um, Cooper Cup. Didn't Devontae Adams win once? Did he win Super Bowl MVP? No, I, th- I think I'm thinking about something else. But I've never seen that because who gets the wide receiver the ball? It's the quarterback. The quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Cam Akers didn't really do much for me. Odell Beckham put in uh, put in some work before his torn ACL. Have they confirmed that it's a torn ACL? Torn ACL yeah. for Odell Beckham Jr. T. Higgins went off for 26 points. Uh, Evan McPherson did his thing. Sony Michelle did absolutely garbage nothing. LA defense, sack machine. Uh, and then Joe Burrow and CJ Uzuma did their thing as well. 
Yeah, the two players that are often linked together, <laughs> CJ Uzama and Joe Burrow, of course. Uh, Jamar Chase, uh, you know, could only do so much. Joe Mixon um, ended up throwing. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Matt Stafford obviously had an uh, MVP level game. Tyler Boyd didn't really do much. Van Jefferson, not so much. Van Jefferson, is, did you see the, uh, the clip of them telling him that his wife is going into labor? She had to leave the game because she started going into labor. Um, Daryl Henderson, who I told you in our draft was going to play. Yeah. And you were like, no way he's going to, he's not, he's, no way he's going to play. And I was like, if he plays, Sonny Michelle is going to be irrelevant. And he had the happened? most fantasy points on that team. Daryl Henderson did. Yeah. What happened? Daryl Henderson, Henderson had a better game yeah. than Sonny Michelle. I won by 30. Uh, whatever. Uh, Tyler <laughs> Higby, uh, did not play in this game. Um, he did not rip off his knee brace for this game. Matt Gay. And the Bengals D, I was kind of um, shackled with them at the end of the draft. So yeah, so that was that. I lost. Um, I Bengals D wasn't terrible. They had two interceptions in this yeah. game. They played well. Their offensive line, or sorry, their defensive line, was unbelievable in this game. Crazy. Like mm-hmm. the, the the run game for LA could not get going in this entire Super Bowl. It was actually at a point where we thought Cincinnati might actually pull this out because LA just couldn't get any run game going. And so they just focused on their pass defense and led for most of the second half. It came down to the cup final couple plays in the, yeah. in the fourth quarter. Uh, it came down to the Aaron, Aaron Donald factor. He, he, it ended up, of course this game ended up in a sack for Aaron Donald. Yeah. That was always going to happen. So good, and we saw. Um, obviously, you saw the photos and the videos from the the um, parade, the Rams parade, mm-hmm. when all of about fifteen people from LA showed up to watch it, which was pretty cool. Uh, they did this thing where they they followed the bus, they ran beside the bus <laughs> to make it look like there were more people. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> yeah. No. It. They. They had a uh, a parade, a celebration in Cincinnati as well. Um, to just like commemorate this this historic run that they went on, and there were more people there than there were in LA. Obviously, um, I just feel so bad. Like everyone wants to go and play in LA only for the star factor of being in LA and playing in LA. Their fan base is shit. Look at the Miami Heat. Have you ever watched a Miami Heat game in Miami? No one shows up for those games, and when they do, they show up it's like ho- it's Hollywood, right? In the halfway through the second quarter. Because, you know, their their private jets are delayed. Or, like, I don't know. No one shows up to watch those games. No one shows up to watch games in L.A. No one shows up to watch Rams games. It's just sad to see. Like, obviously, you're, you're not going to move a team out of L.A. But it's just it's sad to see how shitty that those fan bases are. Do um, you have any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I think it was, a, like, we're going to see Cincinnati back here. Again, in the Super Bowl, like they're built once they get their offensive line drafted this offseason mm-hmm. or, you know, signed this offseason, they got to protect Joe Burrow. You can't continue to to have Joe Burrow under duress like that the entire game. If they got him in that last play, if they got him three extra seconds, mm-hmm. they would have won. They would have won, yep. won the Super Bowl. They would have won the Super Bowl. There was I saw a photo of um, that last play and Jamar Chase had Jalen Ramsey on the floor. Jamar yeah. Chase was wide open. Yeah. So if the offensive line literally allowed Joe Burrow to two throw seconds that ball, even yeah. more, 
right? He like found Jamar Chase for a game-winning touchdown. Ridiculous. Which would have been insanity. Um, and it probably would have won me our fantasy league too. No, it wouldn't have. Jamar Chase would have gotten a yeah, touchdown. Yeah, but who would have thrown it? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He would have lateraled it to Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon would have thrown it. <laughs> so you get three touchdowns on the play. Yep, hundred uh, um, percent. Did you watch the halftime show? Did I watch the halftime show? Of course, I watched the halftime show. I literally dropped what I was doing to watch. I literally, I was at work because I had to fucking work the Super Bowl. Yeah, because it was busy. Um, but I, I allowed no one to talk to me, and I took off my mic, and I was just like. I was born in the 90s. This is the music I grew up to. I'm, I'm watching this fucking halftime show. Yeah. And did it disappoint? Everyone fucking killed it that performed. Yeah. Everyone. Kendrick Lamar was unbelievable. Dr. <clears throat> Dre, Snoop, on point. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the opening where Dr. Dre was just on the, the mixing table, the large-ass mixing table, with even Eminem performing behind him. Mm-hmm. Eminem did lose yourself. Like all these artists, 50 Cent did his upside down, like in the club rendition. Like, you know, he's getting fucking beaten up online right now. Everyone's calling him. I'm not going to go into it. 75 Cent. I'm not going to go into it. He's he's getting older. He's getting up there. Let him do his thing. He's got that dad bod now. Let him do his thing. But, anyways, you got to appreciate the artist for, you know, performing. Um, I thought he was a great addition to that lineup. You know, I yeah, just I was super surprised to see him there. Just but. seeing them all stand together on top of that or whatever it was, a bus. Yeah. Whatever. At the end of that, just like to end off that halftime show, them all standing standing together and seeing how historic that moment is. Like that moment's gonna live on in history forever. Like just also I wanted to, to point out the fact that I don't know if you heard about this, but the, the NFL tried to censor the 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 show itself. So they told Eminem to not kneel. Eminem was planning on kneeling to support Colin Kaepernick. They told him not to. First of all, you don't tell Eminem not to do something because he's going to do it. Because fuck the free world. Yeah. He's not allowed to perform in Canada for that reason. <laughs> to perform in Canada? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but then they told uh, Dr. Dre to, to say still, the, to not say the lyric, still not loving the police from Still Dre. And what does he do? He says the lyric, which I thought was so fucking cool. Yeah, he did. He did what he wanted to do. I mean, that kudos to them. What are they going to do? Never perform for the NFL again? Yeah. I mean, they just they they made a statement saying the NFL was built on the backs of black men, and mm-hmm. you can't you old ass white owners can't tell us how to act. Can't tell us how to perform our art. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they did that. Yeah, I thought the show was great. You know, um, Rudy Giuliani was actually like laying into Eminem. I'm sorry, what? A, yeah. Saying, he he basically said, I'm going to pull up the quote right is now. Is he still alive? Yeah. Rudy Giuliani. He said, why doesn't he go to another country? Go take a knee someplace else. You know how many cops were defending him and protecting him at that game yesterday? I mean, crime is way out of control in Los Angeles. He thinks that all happened because Eminem... Because everybody loves Eminem. End quote. That's what he said. I never thought that we there would be a day would we would be talking about Rudy Giuliani on the Shoot Your Thought podcast. <laughs> but here we are. I mean, there were people that were upset with the halftime show. And to that, I say, go fuck yourself. 
if you're upset by this by this show, you're on the wrong side of history. Um, lead follower, get the fuck out of the way. That's crazy. He was actually, fuck, I'm just reading this now. It was reported that, you know the show The Masked Singer? The Masked Singer? Yeah. Um, they have Robin Thicke. You didn't hear Thicke. about this? They have Robin Thicke and Ken Jeong on there, and if, apparently they walked off stage you know yeah you know when why? it was revealed that giuliani because was. he took off his mask and he was this wasn't this wasn't an aired episode this was it's going rehearsal. to be aired all right are they going to air it because yeah, i heard that it. i heard that they weren't yeah apparently in march it's going to be aired but anyways rudy giuliani is a piece of shit uh he does not belong in the sports world he does not not belong in any world to be honest with you um and anyone that's upset with the super bowl needs to sit the fuck down or a Super Bowl halftime show needs to sit the fuck down because this was an amazing show and the statement they made was just I have no words for it. I'm it's completely respectable and I'm here for it. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyways, there will be no more talk of Rudy Giuliani. Uh, because that is the end of our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. See you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shoot Your Thought Podcast. 